My name is Michael Strumsky, and this is my podcast, People More Interesting Than Me. Each episode, I'll interview a person with a different background to try to understand what circumstances, family, or tragedy has made them into the individual they are today. Enjoy. Today, we've got Jonas Tazabi, longtime friend and uh, Montgomery County uh, product, another one. I would say we've known each other probably since maybe 11th or 12th grade, maybe, maybe after high school. I think that's, yeah, I, think, I think we got to know each other better after high school, but I think I would venture to say junior year at least. Right. Yeah. I think. Do you remember when we first met? I don't remember when we first met. Let's I don't either. It's the funny yeah. thing is like, it's kind of like you, Ozum and Sid, it kind of just like, it was just like that introduction of care it was kind of like in the office you know the third or fourth season season or whatever when uh that whole branch comes to the office and they try to incorporate three brand new people yeah maybe i was the people who they incorporate you know what i mean like you guys were the main characters and i was just coming in like third or fourth season or something (laughs) or vice versa it's all about perspective right that's true that's true Okay, start me off with, I guess, did you always live in Montgomery County? Yeah, I've lived in Montgomery County my entire life. Uh, So I think I've spent probably a total of two and a half years outside. Well, I mean, you know, I have College Park, which technically is not Montgomery County. uh, All the stones throw. But yeah, I think I think you know the vast majority of my life has been in Montgomery County, Maryland. I've I've traveled for long periods of time outside of, of of Montgomery County, and then you know I'm currently living in Boston, but back and forth a bit. So um, yeah, almost I'd say ninety percent at least. Okay, and what was kind of like I guess your upbringing with your parents? Because you're you're a middle child. You've got an older brother and you've got a younger sister, right? Uh-huh. And. Did you have a normal upbringing with your parents? And Montgomery County, it's just like a couple of the other people, Ozum and Bernard, it's kind of, it's a mixed diversity. We've got tons of different religions, races, different households. Like you've got big families, small families. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think uh, there was one time in high school where I was um, refereeing a tournament, soccer tournament somewhere in, in uh, the boonies in Montgomery County. And there was this, they had us at a hotel and there was this Montgomery County book on the table. And I thought Montgomery County is like a world in its own. I mean, if, if, if there were like a, a, a disaster and we were like in the, not the walking dead, but you know, like the only area with, with, uh, with, with running electricity and water and so forth, I think it could be self-sufficient. Cause you have, you know, the urban area, you have the boonies, you have the suburbs and there's a lot, there's a lot to do, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, um, growing up, I guess I didn't really appreciate the diversity in Montgomery County and the, the didn't appreciate the resources that we had in the sense that I wasn't aware that it's not like this everywhere. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when you start to leave, you start reflecting and seeing the differences and then you come to realize how fortunate, you know, how fortunate we are, I think, to be from, from such a great place. Um, so, I mean, from, in, from an upbringing perspective, yeah, I think being from Montgomery County itself, um, you know, offers, offers a few things, but then also being from a, from a multi-ethnic background, you know, that that's another perspective as well. Um, so I'm happy to elaborate on either one. I don't know if there's one way. Yeah. Kind of, kind of tell me about from previous talks, you kind of, your parents are kind of 
they're from different diverse backgrounds. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, my father is a Persian Jew. So his family, he's from Iran um, and almost all of his family lives in Israel now. And then my mother, her, so her father is, uh, is American, um, Polish, Italian, American. He was, he was born in the United States. And then uh, my grandmother, uh, my mother's side is from Brazil. So um, yeah, I mean, you know, different cultures, it's a mix. My mother was already a mix. And then, you know, it, I guess I'm an even bigger mix, right? My brother and sister and I. And so that, that makes for, uh, I guess, an interesting upbringing in the sense that, you know, there's, there's not sort of one culture that I felt like I'm definitely that specific culture, right? Like I don't, I don't always um, uh, identify so much with like the Persian crew, for example. I mean, I do, but then, you know, I can't speak Farsi anymore, unfortunately, or, you know, the Brazilian crew, because I didn't speak Portuguese growing up, but, you know, like I had these similarities and I knew a few words and so forth. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, the, you know, from, from a personal perspective, I think it presents the ability to connect with a wide range of people. Uh, and you can view it, you know, one of two ways. I mean, you can view it like you don't have a home or you can view it like you have a home everywhere, right? And I definitely have chosen the latter, uh, I think, you know, for, for, for my entire life, pretty much. Um, but, you know, from, from a upbringing perspective, I can't really comment because it's all I know, you know, but, uh, uh, but, but it's, it's definitely great to have a mix of, of, uh, of cultures when you're growing up. We celebrate different holidays, you know, on my birthday and on, on everybody's birthday, we sing in three or four languages, which is really nice. Um, so that's, I think, something special that I've, that I've grown to appreciate a lot more. Yeah, and I, I, this is not a good comparison, but I, I feel like when I walk into a party, I, I have so many different things that I'm involved in that I can kind of, obviously just with men, with women, it's kind of a little bit different, but like you, with your background, you could probably talk about anything, especially with your travel. I mean, start a conversation, elaborate on stuff. What I'm saying is with your diverse background, you've got so much that you can kind of fit in, just like you were saying with Persian people, with Jewish people, you kind of have your foot in multiple camps. Yeah, yeah, that's really nice. But it's actually funny. I have a quick story um, about the inability, not inability, but but how it's been a challenge sometimes to even connect with people from, you know, from the same part of the world, from Montgomery County, uh, to keep that thing going. Um, I was at work one day and, you know, D.C., the D.C. area is a very transient area, right? Most of the people I work with are from around the country and very few from the from the DMV. And so I'm working and one day, you know, we're at a happy hour and there's this, this uh, another guy on the team and he's my age. And uh, uh, well, I realized he's my age once I started talking to him. And then I asked him where he's from. He says, Montgomery County. I said, oh, wow, you know, why school did you go to? He said he went to, I think it was Whitman. And then he asked me, what high school did you go to? I say, Paintbridge. He said, never heard of that one. And then we had like, you know, there was, I guess the connection, not, not that it stopped, but um, he didn't venture outside much of Bethesda and Potomac, I think. I think, in fact, his words were, why would I leave, you know, but uh, it was like, you know, this, this inability, not inability, but so much in common, but like uh, uh, that disconnect at the same time, which is That's funny. so surprising to me because... He must not have played like any sports. Like yeah, that's what he always says. Yeah, he didn't he didn't play any high school sports. So, you know, you don't know the other schools if you don't play sports. So it's understandable. But still, that's that's kind of far. That's like someone being so like out of it during their high school career that they 
I mean, like everyone's heard of at least a high school once in their four-year career. I Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> That's crazy. So with your diverse background, you took on soccer, which is obviously yeah. a world sport. Yeah. And I know you probably you probably don't care about U.S. men's soccer. Who's your team? No, yeah, I do. I do actually, you know, I mean, I've, uh, it's funny because growing up, I sort of didn't feel like, you know, typical American, I guess, because, um, you know, the different languages at home and, and just the different, different background, having, having cousins in other places. And, you know, I just had a bit of a disconnect from those who, who were like your typical American, I guess. Right. Um, but over the course of my life, right? I mean, I've lived in what Montgomery County my entire life, you know. So, so I'm an American, right? And there's no doubt about it. And so, as I as I started to grow older, despite the fact that you know the U.S. soccer doesn't exactly always give you a lot to be proud of on an international stage, I definitely root for the team, and uh, and I want to see them do well. So I'm super happy that we qualified for the World Cup, and um, you know we'll we'll see how we do. But but yeah, I mean, growing up, I always liked Brazil, right? always like Brazil because they were like the powerhouse. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, Lakers, you know what I mean? The Duke Patriots, Lakers. Yeah. Everybody likes the consistent people. Yeah. So I always had, you know, I would always be able to rep uh, Brazil and then, you know, sort of turn my shoulder when the U S was, was, was not (laughs) pulling their weight, I guess. But yeah. yeah, So they're, they're definitely my squad, but I've actually had the, I've been lucky to go to two world cups and both times I saw Iran play, which is really cool too. Oh, um, awesome. I will say, I, I will say the first time was actually World Cup in Brazil. It was the first time that I went to Brazil and it was a great experience. Um, and we saw Iran play Nigeria. And I think that was voted the worst game of the World Cup. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was still a great experience nonetheless. Yeah. And I mean, like, how has soccer, I guess, has it, did it help with you growing up at all? Like. Did you kind of use that as, I guess, a way to make friends, expand, like past, let's say, because I, I know you have a couple of organizations you're working on now um, that you've kind of, I guess you would say, give back to the community, at least Montgomery County. Yeah, I think um, so growing up, soccer was sort of like a, um, you know, a self-fulfilling prophecy almost, right? Like. I was a little different and, you know, soccer is popular around the world. And so you know, having the Brazilian background, I always, uh, I always, um, you know, thought that I should be good at this. Right. And so uh, not saying that I was good at it, but, you know, I like to play a lot for sure. Uh, and that was, that was a great way to meet people, to connect with people and, uh, you know, to really, to expand my horizons too. I mean, I started learning Spanish when I was in school and I got to practice because I, had a team, you know, and then anywhere that I've gone, it's really like a universal language. I mean, you know, you don't need to speak the same language as somebody, but you kick a ball around, you know, you all smile, you have a good time. And, and, uh, and then you have somebody to say hi to, you know, when you see him in the street. Right. So it really is a great way to make friends and to, to make connections. And, and, you know, it's a, it's a good, good activity, um, you know, stay healthy, stay in shape. And so I think that that's, um, you know, that's one of the avenues that I've realized I can use to give back to the community um, because I love soccer so much. I can, you know, host an event uh, or use it for fundraising purposes or, um, you know, what I'm trying to do now is is to, to encourage 
the local government in Montgomery County to develop soccer courts so that people can play at night because we often play on tennis courts, right? But there's um, there's no real purpose-built space for soccer. And I think that if that existed, that um, that there would be a lot more, you know, a lot more people coming out, a lot more people having fun. And I think that they would allow for the development of the sport too. And, and you know, would contribute to the success of the United States on a global stage too, ultimately. Um, but, but, you know, most importantly, would give kids a place to play. So hopefully we'll see more of those coming. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing, oh, I wouldn't say it's that big. It's more like my personal opinion, but with, I don't know, with all this CTE talk and football and I mean, you can get CTE from soccer, but it's nothing compared to football, American football. And I just think I've always thought in the next like five or 10 years, U.S. soccer is just going to continue to get much bigger just for that fact. Because, I mean, look at baseball. I mean, basketball, basketball's in a good spot. Baseball, a little mundane. Football, a little too dangerous. I think soccer is just the right spot for the U.S. in the next five to ten years. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, with it's the most popular sport at the youth level. I think that when kids start to get older, they start choosing other sports. But, um, you know, with a few things, changing demographics, um, you know, people coming from places where soccer is more of a dominant sport that I think helps a lot for the development of the game. And then also, uh, you know, the, since there is so much room to grow in the U.S. market for, for soccer and for, you know, for soccer expertise, I think having the coaches come in from abroad as well helps with some of the style. Cause I think, you know, my personal opinion is that the style of us soccer is to blame for our uh, lack of success. So once we start to adopt a more, uh, you know, a style that focuses more on technique and skill versus pure athleticism, I think that we'll see some better results, but, um, but yeah, you know, I think all those things are going to help contribute to, to the success of the United States on a national level. And we're already seeing that where, where there's a lot more players playing in the top leagues nowadays. Yeah, definitely. So let me, let me circle back to you. So sure. I don't usually bring this up until the end, but it kind of uh, goes to uh, your, your personality. So the Enneagram test I got, you got a type three. So type three, yeah. did you read anything about it before? Not really, but what I did notice, I don't mean to cut you off, but oh, I did notice that a lot of the slices of the pie were almost the exact same size, which frequently happens with me. I don't know if that's um, anything to note, but I didn't, you know, the three didn't even look at, like it was the biggest one at first, but obviously if they say it is, it must be. <laughs> well, it says threes are self-assured, attractive, and charming. And for people who don't know Jonas Tazavi, he is a very good looking man. <laughs> but. Uh, the, the other stuff it says on it is that uh, you're very ambitious, like, and don't don't feel like this is this isn't supposed to be conceded or anything. But you you want people to see your success. You want people to see like uh, like what you do, like all these accomplishments that you have, like like just looking at your resume. It's amazing. My resume looks like like a peanut butter sandwich. Yours looks like I don't know a sandwich you would find at. Uh, some ups, I was going to say Subway because Subway doesn't have really good sandwiches, but some local like where they lay the meat on heavy, the cheese, the lettuce and the tomato. You've got a good resume like you're a well-traveled that gourmet. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm you you are currently in Boston getting your you're in law school. 
you've already no, got masters of economics master of economics masters of economics hopefully, hopefully law school next i mean based on your type three uh methodology like when i was looking at the people who are associated with type three they're all the people you would kind of associate like uh who we got oprah winfrey augustus caesar not that anybody knows him tiger woods lance armstrong <laughs> all, all the big people who are like just people who get stuff done you know what i mean like and you're kind of driven would you say you're driven by i guess not the image of you but making yourself better when you self-reflect kind of yes so First, I don't know if Lance Armstrong and Tiger are the ones I'm looking yeah. at you late. But uh, while you're talking, I'll pick up. I'll pick up some good ones while while you keep talking. There's a long one. <laughs> yeah, no, Oprah's a powerhouse, but you know, I don't think I'm quite in that category yet. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, you know, I saw this and I think that um historically I haven't really viewed myself as the most ambitious person. I mean, I sort of um I think I've become maybe and you know i i'm not the competitive ambitious are the same at all but um but you know i think that um in order to succeed in an endeavor oftentimes you know a competitive edge helps and i think that i've become maybe more competitive as my as i've gotten older but this type three thing was a surprise when i saw the result it definitely makes sense given my current goals and, and you know what i've been experiencing over the past few years but uh i you know i think that that's maybe been an evolution of my personality in the sense that you know, growing up, I was just all about having a great time, having fun with my friends, being nice, you know, but um, but not really so focused on getting the best grades, you know what I mean? Or even being the uh, on the best team necessarily, you know what I mean? So I think all of that is a bit new. And I think maybe it stems from, you know, maybe maybe I look, I feel like I'm getting older or, you know, wanting to accomplish something professionally and feeling like, like maybe I'm not doing that in my current role or, you know, these are all things from the recent past because I'm not working right now, right? But uh, I think that that plays a big part into, into you know, that type three um, label or that type three result. So I, I definitely do feel like, you know, I do want to accomplish things and, and um, I do want to do well. And I think that that has been important to me, but I've realized that it also results in me putting a lot of pressure on myself, which is, you know, not really constructive um, largely not constructive, I think. And coming, coming back to school, definitely in the first semester, I found myself doing that a lot. And now I've, I've started to, you know, relax a little bit more and just try to enjoy things and try to get, emulate my younger self with a little bit more discipline, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, if you, there's, I mean, they, they talk about this to kind of too much detail, but like, for example, they talk about these types when they're in uh, healthy and unhealthy levels, like for example, um, they're talking about uh, fearing of failure, humiliation, uh, basically becoming vindictive, attempting to ruin others. By the way, good ones. Reese Witherspoon. Uh, who was the other one I found? Uh, Muhammad Ali. There you go. Those are two good ones. Nice. You're a sweet home Great. Alabama fan, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, no, but being vindictive or trying to harm others, I would never... I would. I hope it would never get to the level. You never. You, you know, never got to I that level. That's like extreme yeah. cases. Yeah, definitely have the philosophy that a rising was it a rising tide lifts all boats, right? Yeah. I think there's you no know, enough enough room for us all to succeed. So. Uh, yeah, this one in in the healthy levels, you're self assured, energetic, 
competent, uh, ambitious to improve themselves to be the best they can be. So that, that's what I kind of see from you. I mean, you're in Boston. You're you're away from your fiance. I get it. We got the rest of our lives. We'll be all right. <laughs> but yeah, stemming from that, do you think you, you never felt pressure from, I mean, being a middle child, you don't, you, you never felt pressure from your older brother or uh, I guess attention away because of your little sister. You know what? Maybe like, like that, I don't that know, kind of because, you know, you said confident, right? That was to one, succeed, of the, I guess. one of the type three qualities. I think, I think that's something I've struggled with a lot growing up um, in terms of, you know, sports, especially I would say, but the reason I mentioned that is because um, when I think about excelling as a kid, right. The two areas that come to mind are school and sports, right. For me, at least. And, um, mm-hmm. my brother was always a way better soccer player than I was and just more athletic. And then my sister was like a shining star when it comes to academics. So, you know, even though she was younger, she was always straight A's. So I wasn't like, I wasn't necessarily trying to compete with either one of them. Not that I thought I could anyway, but, uh, but, you know, I, I tried to just do the, do, do my best or, you know, at least do enough. Maybe it wasn't even my best. Like I say, I wasn't super ambitious growing up. I wasn't always trying to get straight A's. I was trying to get more A's than B's, you know, or I was trying to to just have fun when I played. So I wasn't trying to, you know, to dominate or, you know, to Mm -hmm. win, win, win. Um, I was all about just having fun. And I think maybe that's why I, um, I was such a, I still am, I think a social person, but I think that's really what, what dominated my life uh, growing up was, you know, just, just trying to make friends, trying to get along with people and, um, and, and to have a good time. But, but yeah, I mean, I think that the, you know, the, when I, when I mentioned the confidence thing, I think that, you know, as I started to mature a little bit, I realized, you know, Hey, you know, if anybody, anybody can do it, they put their mind to it. Right. And so uh, I started trying to, to step up a little bit more in sports to try to be a little bit more competitive to maybe show that, that it's uh, that, that, you know, I can compete or that I can do it. And then same with academics, like now I'm trying my hardest to, to, I guess, prove to myself that it can be done. Right. Um, but, but yeah, that'll be good. And, and just to touch back on your travel, how many countries did you say you've been to? I, I don't, I wrote it down, but I don't, I don't, I don't remember off the top of my head. I really don't, but it's, it's a somewhere over 50. Okay. Oh, you don't need to give me exact. I'm just trying to establish how <laughs> well-traveled you are, but, but what would you say the drive? Like, I mean, obviously it's a big endeavor to just go outside the country for some people, but you were literally like, you've been to all the countries, obviously now you probably wouldn't go, but like, you've been to Russia, you've been to Ukraine, you've been to all those, those ones that people don't usually visit just because they're not as razzle dazzle. You know what I mean? Like they usually go to Italy, they go to France, they go to, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think the motivation is part just exploration, pure exploration, right? Like I wanted to be an astronaut when I was a kid, because how many people get to go to space, you know? And so I I sort of view this traveling the same way, right? I feel very fortunate to have the opportunity and um you know to it's it's also sort of uh not a norm but I, you know my dad traveled my my mother was was uh moved around a lot as a child and so having this international background and this exposure from an early age just made me want to see these things that i felt like other people had seen too and to to really just broaden my horizons you know and so it's it's always something that i enjoy to meet people from different backgrounds and to you know to to enjoy what we have in common 
Um, and that's that's definitely part of the motivation. And then I think that, you know, I get a lot of joy and utility from that, which is which is great. And then maybe part of it is compulsion too. just wanted to see everything, you know, but uh, but I think that definitely, definitely the former, at least, um, is, is my active motivation rather than maybe some sort of subconscious subconscious desires. But but yeah, I mean, going going to your point. I, I don't try to just target one, you know, region of the world. I really do have broad interests. So I think that just getting that exposure is great. And, and um, you know, you have your traditional tourist destinations, but there's, you know, there's a, a wide world out there beyond that. And so I thought it would be great to, to be able to, to see what that's like. And since we have such a diverse um, population here in, in the DMV area, you know, there's a, uh, there's always somebody you're going to be able to connect with regardless of what part of the world you end up in, you know? So, so I've definitely tried to, to make use of, of, uh, of the different chances I have to go to places that might be, you know, quote off the beaten path, I guess. Okay. I've got a, I got a crazy question for you. So all, of all the times that I traveled, like for example, one time I was in Peru about to do the, the, what's it called? Uh, the Machu Picchu trail or whatever. And literally we walked up on a group, a, a, a family that was basically only like two miles away from us at home. What's the craziest story you have about you ran into someone oh, in a man. different country and they I got a lot, but I think that uh what's the, the craziest, craziest one is probably actually in Russia, I would say. Well, I have seen friends of mine like at the airport, you know what I mean? Like I ran into a friend who I played soccer yeah. in elementary school. Um, Bradley at the airport in, uh, in, 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 in France, uh, which was wild. But I think the craziest thing is when we were in Russia, um, there was a, we were in St. Petersburg and Brazil had just played a soccer match and we were walking around and my, my, uh, my dad has a, you know, he's, he's, he's in, in, uh, he's a professor. And so he needs a lot of people from around the world, these conferences, you know, he likes to connect people as well. Right. And so he had a colleague in Russia who was showing us around. She put us in contact with some students from her lab. They're great. They were they were taking us out, and we went to this um, this pub in uh, in St. Petersburg. It's like outdoor. It was a really nice area. Anyways, I go to the bar to get us some drinks, and I see some people with some Brazil jerseys. So I say, "Let me practice my Portuguese, right?" So I start talking to somebody, and then uh, he says he's actually from the United States. I say, "Where?" He says. Um, uh, Boston, but now I'm in DC. I say, okay, great. Where? He says, Wheaton. Said, oh, wow. I'm from, uh, from Silver Spring. He said, oh yeah, where about? I said, well, you know, I, I live off of Fairland Road. He says, oh, this guy's your neighbor. And then he points to somebody and uh, I start talking to him and he says he lives off of uh, Mimosa Lane, off Tamarack. I think he said off Tamarack. And I said, oh my, and I was with Lisa at the time too. And Lisa has this, had at the time, this Brazilian neighbor who lived across the street from her who would throw bangers, right? And I said, you're the guy who throws the legendary parties. He was like, no, no, that's not me, but that's my friend. I live right down the street from him. So, you know, we had this great night. And uh, I remember this guy because he had this bottle called the Kremlin's Vodka. He was, you know, hey, you want some Kremlin's Vodka? So I come back after the travels like a year later. I'm at the gym, this gold's on tech road, well, fitness evolution on tech road. And then I see this guy and I'm, I'm you know, talking with somebody and I said, you know, excuse me, I gotta go. I think there's somebody I know. So I go up to this guy. I'm like, no, 
No, that's not him. I said, yeah, it's him. I said, yo, man, did you, are you Brazilian? He's like, no, no. And then I walk away. I'm like, oh, okay. He says, but I speak Portuguese. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> he wasn't Brazilian, but he speaks Portuguese. So he's, yeah. uh, I say, yo, do you remember me, Ben? We met in Russia in 2018. Uh, you know, you were drinking Kremlin's vodka, yada, yada, yada. And then he was like, oh, man, no, I don't remember. And then uh, I, I scrolled to my phone and I showed him a picture that we took together. And he's like, oh, that was an epic night. <laughs> so, it was, you know, it was a really funny series that, of events. But I that think is that's, funny. Probably, that's probably the craziest story. Uh, but, you know, when you think about it, it's not uh, so crazy that I would run into him if he's from the area, you know, back home. But it is wild yeah, yeah, to yeah. run into each other, you know, at some random bar in St. Petersburg, so. That is pretty crazy. Yeah, that's probably the it, craziest one. When when you do the math, it's probably not that crazy. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just think like uh certain bars people travel to, it's popular to travel here in the DC, probably shows up into the Facebook targeted ads. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, mean? I think I think you're right. I mean, I think that there's um, you know, yeah, the probability of you running into somebody that you know. Uh, and you know a lot of people yeah, though you know yeah, what I mean I like, think it goes yeah I think it increases so I mean yeah I wrote I, I was I wanted to start a blog at one point when I uh, was traveling and then I I think I wrote down like all the crazy times that I've seen somebody in like a, a, you know a different part of the world of these types of coincidences and uh, um, yeah it was it, there was a lot of them there were a lot of them right there. What, what was your what was your title going to be was it catchy <laughs> I don't think Jonas I even got the title I don't. <laughs> it's always it's always got to be witty yeah you're right you're right you're right yeah, i'll have to work on that though okay let's start to wrap it up what's my two favorite questions we already hit the enneagram how do you think your environment has helped shape you to be the person you are today yeah you know i think that um Definitely big time influenced by my environment and, you know, where I, where I'm raised and where I come from. And I realize that more and more as I start to step out of that environment. Um, but I think that, you know, from everything from language to, uh, to my personality, I think that, that a lot of that is, um, you know, shaped by being in one place for so long, but one place. That, so, um, I think that, that that definitely plays a big part in who I am. Yeah, I think that, that that's, that's, that's really, I'll leave it at that. Okay. And do you think, uh, I mean, like any big external things have shaped that? Obviously, the normal stuff, your parents, your brother, your sister, your school, but like, has there, I guess, any any big experiences shaped your life or shaped your views? Yeah, you know, future? I think that there's one that I can think of on a practical level. Uh, an example where um, that shaped part of my, I guess, my identity to a certain extent, since, since I think that language and culture is a big part of your identity. So, you know, I, I used to speak Farsi growing up, right? And um, with my father. And I think I understood Portuguese. I don't know how much I really spoke, but I definitely remember speaking Farsi, right? And I remember vividly going to school and getting confused because at home, you know, my mother didn't speak Farsi. My grandfather, her, her father didn't speak Farsi, but they knew some of the foods, right? So we would call like cantaloupe, for example, it's called talabi. So we would call that talabi. And, you know, I thought that it just had two different names. 
And so I remember once when we were, I was in kindergarten, we went to this after school program and a friend of mine, uh, uh, Jeremiah, I think, you know, Jeremiah prophet, right? So yeah, he was, we were, we were yeah, there yeah, yeah. sitting down and the teacher brings out cantaloupe and I'm like, Hey, Talabi, Talabi. And then he looks at me and he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, it's Talabi. Don't you know it has two names? Right. And, uh, uh, he's like, Nah, you're 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 wild, and it doesn't have two names. Like, all right, let's ask the teacher. So we asked the teacher, and the teacher comes back, and she's like, "Nah, I don't know what you're talking about. This is called cantaloupe." <laughs> and so I was so embarrassed. And I remember running home and telling my dad I want to speak anymore. And I think that you know things like that had been happening a lot, but I, I vividly remember that. And um, yeah, and I think it was you know it's the same with watermelon. I think I even told told Jeremiah it's the same with watermelon. Don't you know Hendunet? Never heard of that before. So. Uh, Anyways, uh, I stopped, basically told him I wanted to stop speaking and, uh, and he was like, you're going to regret it. But, you know, I was a little kid and um, I do regret it very much so, but I didn't know that at the time. So uh, I think that's, you know, a, a, an example of maybe environment shaping major life decisions, perhaps, um, you know, even though it was my decision, mm -hmm. a little kid, hopefully don't hold myself accountable for that yeah. one. I mean, <laughs> but yeah, obviously you remember it and I, in my opinion, I think those small events just snowball if you don't hit them head on, if that makes sense. Like you're just going to keep on getting hit by that yeah. one little story. But, you know, uh, I think that you learn from those. And um, I, I definitely, you know, those those instances where I might have felt embarrassed, I, I definitely, as I got older, learned to deal with those in a more constructive way. For example, I remember one time I had uh, fried you know, fried chicken. Right? I was eating fried chicken from the farmer's market at lunch. Right. And, you know, kids will make fun of you for anything. So remember I had this fried chicken. I was like, somebody's going to ask me where I got this. I already know. Right. Somebody asked me where I got the fried chicken. I said, I got it at the Amish market. And they started laughing at me like the Amish market was like something they never heard of. And that's when I just realized you could, you know? And so that was, uh, that was definitely a learning experience where uh, instead of stopping the fried chicken, I, uh, I just realized that I had to live my own life. No, that's funny. Okay, last question. And I know, I know you want to be delicate with this one. What is something that your parents did that you would like to pass on to your children? And what is something that you're trying to, I guess, do differently than them? Yeah, um, I mean, I have to, you know, my entire life literally of course to my parents um but they've they've been so great and there's so much that i would take from what they i think that you know there's too much to list right off the top of my head um you know just creating an environment where i'm able to 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 do what i want um but encouraging me to you know to make the right decisions to instill the proper values and to, to really focus on education, you know, just the opportunities that they've given me and the, the, the things that they've exposed me to, you know, um, not just living in Montgomery County, but, but traveling and, and appreciating, you know, different, different, uh, different points of view, different people. Um, they've been, they've been extremely supportive in, in everything in the last of my life. So I would, I would like to, to try to be as supportive or to give, you know, similar opportunities to my, my kids when I have them and um and would definitely appreciate that I think if I were to, to if there's anything that I would 
change. I don't know if there's anything I would change particularly, but what I would say is that I think, you know, part of coming from a, a multicultural background, you see how there's sometimes a culture clash, you know what I mean? Like different people do different things differently, right? And uh, when you're in a long-term relationship, as, yeah. as, as any two people will be if they're having kids, right, um, generally, I think that, you know, you have to be able to communicate, to get along, and um, to solve problems. And there's different ways of doing that, right? And I think that that can be very valuable, and it, it can also be a big challenge. And I think that, you know, um, well, Lisa and myself, we're from different backgrounds, right? But I think that trying to, to um, anticipate some of those challenges is something that, that um, you know, I can, I can sort of uh, have, a, have a head start on having seen my parents go through, go through everything, right? Um, you know, in terms of raising a kid, different styles. And so um, just anticipating that, I think, would make me hopefully a little bit more ready. Um, and then, you know, hopefully a better parent to, to and more prepared to, to, uh, um, to tackle parenthood. Yeah, that makes sense. You've got the experience from. I mean, I don't have any experience. I could talk so about it all of, day, but I have, you know, <laughs> I have no kids right now. Oh, no, not, not parenting, but your experience, I guess, with being raised by your parents to kind of, and not that, I guess, I mean, I, I don't know Lisa well enough, but you guys are from two different backgrounds. So it might be um, similar to your situation being raised by your parents from two different diverse backgrounds. So you'll at least yeah, know yeah, how to exactly. kind of slowly work your kids. Yeah. That's a, that's a good response. So, but, like you know, it. at the same time, Lisa and I are also oh. from, a, you know, both of us have lived our whole lives in the United States in Montgomery County, in fact. So <laughs> very similar in that sense, but maybe, you know, from a from a background perspective, definitely have that that uh, dichotomy. Yeah, I sadly I think people's culture gets watered down a little bit. Like if if you're obviously not yeah, in no. that country, it's hard to. Yeah, keep we could do a whole other episode on that. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but yes, thank you very much for helping me out, sir. Thank you for having me. It's funny how much I I learn about my friends. I don't know if you've heard, like, I mean, I've learned so much from, like, Ozzy and Bernard, who I've known for so long, and then you talk to someone, and then it's, like, all those questions you never ask when you're going out to the bar, drinking yeah, with them. Yeah, no. And you're like, hey, 100%. tell me about your family background. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it's a good platform, though, and it's a great way to get to, to know people on a more, uh, you know, a deeper and an intimate level, so I think that that's kudos to you for spearheading that. And uh, while, while I have you here, do you, do, do you want to plug anything? Not quite yet, but keep your eyes peeled for some soccer courts coming to Montgomery County and uh, keep your fingers on your keyboard ready to send out some emails when we need your advocacy and support. If you like this week's episode of People More Interesting Than Me, please follow me on Apple Podcasts so you won't miss out on more episodes like these.